Welcome back to WTF and Vana Deal with Spicy and The Fox Danger. And today is the last re-record of the Lost Bard episode, and hopefully we never have to do a re-record again, featuring You're truly funk again. And you do not know this is the last one. It might just disappear somewhere. So it's kind of pretty oh. I might disappear somewhere if it disappears somewhere. You aren't wrong. We're public now, so you can't just disappear. Watch me. So, uh, do we want to... Well, no, before we get into Bard here, someone put us on the main page of BG, and I, we have to address that. Yeah, yeah, what's going on with that? Funk proposed the idea today, and I told Funk uh, I don't like the idea of... See, to me, that's an abuse of power, so I don't want to... I'm not that I'm against abusing power, there's a time and place, but I don't like the self-promotion. I mean, I want people to know we exist. That's why I use Spicy Sock to post on Reddit and uh, Funk POTUS in the Auction House forums, but putting us on the main page of BG, I mean, I told him I think it could be good for the wiki because it's an episode about the wiki, but it sets a precedent that it, it, it's playing with fire there, and I'm I'm a bit weary of that i told funk give me write me a way out of there so it's you know spicy doesn't really want that there or whatever but it is what it is and that's that so if anyone sees that i'm i just want people to use the wiki and that's i think funk's on the same page there so one unified wiki that would be my biggest dream right now that's funny because i don't know if i've ever really heard you be that into that but well if you look at the past entries of that what did you know there's some very questionable things that we've had <laughs> a long time ago so this isn't that bad honestly oh no I, I, dude, I was talking well, about you sure being that. for the unified wiki thing because that's always been my soapbox of we need one wiki to rule them all oh, yeah we still do it just makes sense like why would we have different people going to different wikis when we should have one <laughs> it just yeah i feel like there'd be a lot less confusion if that took place it really would, but this is kind of getting on a tangent here, but it would definitely, people don't want to give up their own little baby, so. I'm confused I wouldn't about, want to go over there, they wouldn't want to come over here, I guess. I'm confused about how Funk chose to start Bard, because I could never play Bard, so tell us about your Bard. So I started back, um, my first job ever when I started the game was Paladin. I read the awesome Pretty Games Guide. <laughs> we don't and talk from about there, that. Yeah, we don't talk about that. But from yeah. there, I saw a page in Paladin that Iron Musketeer armor, I had to have it. I really wanted Iron Musketeer armor, so that's how I got into Paladin as my first job, up to 75. I thought you were talking about Bard. I didn't know Paladin was your first 75. Nope, Paladin was the first 75. And after that, we all know Paladin can't merit or couldn't merit. Oh, no. It, people oh, would no. go sub ninja and try. Uh, bust out the swiftest. Blade. Yeah, on, on lolly parties. The blade and they, it, what's it called? The company sword, I think it was. Was it the company sword where it didn't yeah. get like a hidden effect of more damage? Yeah, yeah, yeah it, with like party raised members. damage with party members. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there you go. I remember doing that for a little bit. Some people even had the Purdue hanger then. Oof. Oh, Purdue hanger. Oh, man, that was awesome. And the Salks came out as the first thing I got. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah that's, a, that's definitely a time, time in memoriam. Um, I know that uh, most of the merit parties that I experienced were like deck weapons up in uh, up in Sky or even some some KRT. But the deco weapon loop was was pretty popular. I actually did that recently just to uh, get my Weaver's Torque because why not have that? But it, it definitely brought back some PTSD on that meriting. 
I never married it there. But originally, what, barred it, before even 75, at those lower levels, you didn't have the value Bard has today, right? Yeah, well, yeah, the reason I leveled Bard was to get in on that sweet uh, the merit parties for King Rampier's Tomb, the monks down in, down there, Pentagones. And also they had the summoner burns before the actual two-hour summoner burns, where what would happen is they they parked they camped in that hidden room where that uh what's it called was that thing in the hidden room down there oh the um oh the, the strange apparatus yeah, yeah yeah so we camped in there I brought the bones back slept them one at a time and used Titan to mountain smash or whatever it's called hear that summoners once upon a time you used Titan and his thong powered your party's uh, Maripo. it was the best. <laughs> It's a very underrated song. Yeah, besides the monk parties as well, we also had the ninja burn parties with the uh, stun katanas. I made a lot of money on those up in Sky in the Shrine. That's the main reason I got into Bard was just to get in merit parties. I actually never heard of the the ninja ones. That that seems kind of strange that I would have missed that, but uh, I imagine that they just unlocked everything forever. That was way back then. Um, you basically, everyone used those Master Mito plus ones, I think they're called, to stun. Yeah. You basically just stunned them all the time and kept them stunned pretty much 24-7. You ran in the entry of the entry of the shrine, so you go to the left and the right where that door is. Right When you first enter, when you walk in the sky, you go straight. That's yep. where we camp most of the time. Oh, huh. okay. Yeah, I remember those Mashido or Mashamito, whatever they are, plus ones with the stun because I did alchemy as my first craft, but I never actually witnessed any of that stunning i know ninja with a uh, dagger for colibri parties is the thing because toau yeah yeah moving that to um to when merit parties got way better in comparison you got to blow up the pink birds uh, i remember at going... that point at that point i had warrior uh with uh blah dolch and riddle and just spam the food because yeah, kept eating your food and you couldn't hit without the food yeah so you had all the cool stuff that people usually wanted and uh fuck tico yeah fuck tico <laughs> If you don't know what that means, go to the Riddle page on BG. You'll find out. But anyways, yeah, um, after that, I got my G-Horn, I'd say, in 2006. Or towards the end of 2006, so pretty early on. I ended up uh, being one of those people who sucked their link shell into supporting you and got it for you, basically. Took all the currency from the runs, link shell paid for it and all that. Funk said he wanted to be the one bard to rule all bards in the link shell, and it'd be a lot less confusing if they just gave him all the stuff and were done with it. Then it benefits I the group the most, right? To, for you to have that G-Horn? Yeah, then you became Permabard, basically. Yeah, for real. It was amazing at 75 cap with the All Songs plus two, which affected Ballad. It was the only other thing at the time that affected Ballad. And that was massive. So that being said, yes, so it basically doubled your MP generation, even more than doubled it. So it would be amazing for Black Mage parties and C, up where the one M spawns. I think it's the second floor, the middle. You go up there and you can get the uh, corners. It's Dragoon, I think. Is that Dragoon? I think that's Dragoon with the four Winavs. I think it was, yeah. We didn't kill, of course. We just went back and forth and killed the Aarons. For those who don't know, uh, as far as 75 Bard went, uh, there was, what, pretty much one auto-refresh a tick in gear for mages. Uh, they had the Red Mage hat, the, uh, re- the Royal Cloak, or the... That Vermilion Cloak, yeah. Yeah, or the body for White Mage. And you had basically people would keep HMP plus gear, which they don't even make anymore, essentially. It's not even an important stat. They haven't made it in years since I level. And uh, you would wear, a, you would carry a whole extra set of gear just to kneel in to get an extra three 
MP a tick here, five MP a tick there on a body, the Eret body or whatever. And people Imagine. would do that. And Bard having just refreshed was so huge because you would have to rest in the middle of combat, which was always dicey. Yeah, imagine trying to rest in the middle of combat in like today's meta, you know, with uh, the stuff we have to kill. It's like, hang on, I know that uh, that Shaw's killing our dudes, but uh, I gotta, I gotta get at least three ticks in. So if you can hold on for a sec, that's thirty seconds. Thirty seconds, guys, hang on. Yeah, so it basically changed the entire aspect of the game and outlook of the game. Instead of resting, you had no longer time to rest. So it's like these days, but back at seventy five cap. And you had, yeah, was, you had the sanction refresh or whatever, which was okay. You know, that was great for auto areas. But this was just groundbreaking and game-changing. For all the H&M stuff that I did, um, we had a uh, Gallard-Bard. Uh, they were primarily just there to to give ballots to the mages. There wasn't a whole lot, at least from my experience. It could have been different from shell to shell. Um, but we didn't do a whole lot of like melee-centric strats. Um, it was mostly that melee was there to set up the skill chain, and hopefully they did a lot of damage. But the magic burst really carried the team, uh, especially for a lot of the early H&M stuff. Yeah, there were other instruments that gave plus two. So it, it wasn't really yeah. required. For, it just makes it an inventory saver. But the ballad was really where, what people got the horn for. It was just ballad. Black oh, yeah. mage used to be more of a thing, too. So bard, I mean, for anyone nowadays, black mage used to be a thing years ago, hardcore. But it's it's gone again, probably for a long time till they patch it. But back at seventy five, Black Mage was still a big deal for a lot of content and a lot of things. So I remember even going puppet sub bard, so I could nuke with my puppet on a pudding merit party to get merits on pup because you don't get invited. I mean, you had the before the patch. I mean, you. I mean, even after the patch, when you got the multiple heads, you didn't get invited even with the ranger puppet as much because people didn't want you. So being able to nuke and sing one tick ballad was a uh, Good time. Yeah, they had like the storm fife, I think it was called, where you got the ballad in the in, within assault only. Yes. But yeah, that's about it, yeah. But it took quite the many runs to get my attestation because back then the, you had to pop the mob and you only had one chance at it to drop. And you know, they dropped like two or three, three or four sometimes. So it took me probably about 25 runs from my link shell to get the attestation that I needed. So you basically dedicated the whole run to that attestation because a group had to go flee all the way up to the northwestern tower and you had to pop everything along the way, all the formers, and there was no going back pretty much. So you popped it, killed the NM and warped out for them. Killing the NM spawned the attestation NMs and then the rest of the group pretty much went to attestations and you killed it. Hopefully you killed it anyway because they're really strong and whether you get the drop or not, it's all luck to luck. And a throwaway run was a huge deal back then, too. A lot of people don't realize that. Like, it was a million gil just to enter. And then for his own, like, Zarkabard, a lot of people get excited. Because, like, that, that duelist chapeau, if that dropped, like, people, like, left link shells. And, like, there was, like, super drama over that sort of thing. Or, like, if Assassin's Armlets drop, like, people lost their minds. So to give up, um, and you're talking about Busidine, too, so let me backtrack. I'm crossing those. But, uh, but uh, to, to just throw away a run to get someone a... a you know, their attestation for the horn, like the, the horn is that big of a deal. And it was bad, that big of a deal back then, of course. Um, but it was, a, there was a lot of sacrifice that went into getting that. Yeah, there was. Um, as far as Zarkabart still, you also had to get the fragment NMs. And they yeah, changed the way they worked from the Diamonds revamp. So back then when you popped the, actually, I don't know, if, how, I forget how you popped it, but I don't know if it spawned already, maybe? I think it responded. If you, if you had the Dynamis weapon on, it spawned. But once you aggroed it, you had to kill it within a certain amount of time or a fleet. Yeah, so the horn charmed everybody pretty much. It just spam charm. And also, oh. all the 
Annihilation mobs also pop the satellite things around them, which we kill now nowadays for the gourd in order to pop it. So you had all these ads on you that all charmed you, and the main main monster also charmed you, and you had to also kill them before they warped away. So you had a minimum time frame to kill it. So you had to pop all your two hours, and hopefully you didn't die or didn't warp. And it always I, was a I, random warp. I got to experience the uh, the shield and the Amano Marakumo, um, those ones, but I never got to experience the horn. That guy just joined our group later. So I had no idea that that mob was so awful. Oh man, that's terrible, dude. I never fought them pre-adjustment, I think, just post-adjustment. And what would happen was we would have a thief pop PD and pop the NM or whatever, and you just take the one boss, and it would take all the ads and just run across the zone until it died. Oh yeah, we also did that. I think that is a good, uh, was a good spawn strategy as well, is to have the ads go away, but the man NM could still warp and still charm you. I wish Dynamis was still, and this is kind of a tangent, but I wish Dynamis was still as interesting as it was back then. Because, like, you had your melee parties, like, handling the melee-centric mobs, and your black mages were, like, a strike team. And if you had that bard to, like, G-horn power their MP pool, like, you just had, like, the most nuts Dynamis run. It's, it's And, like, now it, you use a bard the same way, but you're just hyper-zerging it with all your DDs. And it just, it, it feels like there's a little less finesse to it. It's not possible nowadays. Because yeah, exactly. the event isn't really... For what we have now in Divergence to what we had back then, the event really isn't that different. The only difference is the power that the players use and the adjustments they have and the buffs that they can provide each other. Uh, you don't have a reason to take that strike group and this and that. You just steamroll everything because there's no reason to not steamroll everything. Yeah. Yeah, and the horrible drop rate back then, you hardly got any, like, you're lucky to get two pieces per run. Oh. Tell that to Volti Winters drops, you know? Well, yeah, Volti's buzz basically the same way, yeah. Yeah. They only have, what, eight to ten chances per run this time for Volt? So the last thing I can think of for Bard at the 75 era was the the Mazurka exploit. Not, it wasn't really an exploit, it was more of a bug. Glitch, Just yeah. using the mechanics of, of uh, Mazurka, man. Well, there are two different notable bugs slash glitches, whatever you want to call them. The first bug happened in 2006, where after an update, randomly, you know, spaghetti code, had any kind of instrument, so it'd be G-Horn or the Harakin Horn from Hills Are, the Hills Are Alive, or it's the Behemoth one at Chaos 99. The Harakin's Horn has Mazurka plus two on it. The Behemoth so if you were to Horns sing, of War, the Hills Are Alive's the turtle one. Yeah, I think it's horn, uh, Horns of War, yeah. So if you got the drop, you were to sing Mazurka, you had Flea Speed Mazurka. Unless you got hit, of course. The mechanics still work the same, but that was pretty fun to play with. I think that was right before I got mine, sometime in 2006. So I never actually used it. You never got to tank with it? No, Mazurka hate generations and another glitch. I'm just talking about the flea. Oh, okay. Yeah, the Mazurka's coming up. That one's fun. Yeah, so the Mazurka, I have MPK'd uh, lots of people with that in Fafner. So the, the way it worked is you couldn't use Mazurka in the dungeons. So what it was, was the more people you hit with Mazurka, the more hate you got. It was more powerful than any kind of provoke, any kind of flash, anything at the time. So what we did is I went as Bard Ninja a couple times. And also we had a couple Ninja slash Bards because Raptor Mazurka was a thing, a newer thing. That's how Ninja slash Bard became a thing. So with the hate generation you had, it was incredibly efficient to use on worms and any kind of tanking and like... Like tanking up straight up instead of cutting. It was a wonderful tank, but they did nerf that in 2007. Yeah, and with, uh, well, I guess we know more about haste than we did back then, uh, now, than we did back then. 
Uh, but Bard was generally your, your safest way to just keep shadows up at all times, too. Like, the Bard was basically untouchable, and they generated the the most enmity for basically free, because there was, like, no resource that went into it besides, like, a Shihai, you know, for just staying alive. But, like, songs, they don't cost MP, and you're just at the mercy of whatever your recast is. Yeah, I had a fire builds Bard with that body that came from um, that's that weekly fight up in the Ravern. Oh, the assassin's like breastplate or something like that yeah. yes see i had a fire build so i need a dedicated bard to help e and m yeah the e and m oh man i can't even i never even did one of those yeah they, they were okay like trying to solo them always made you feel like a real man but uh like it was always just straight up better to go in groups like it was never worth it to try to solo those like the hedgehog bomb from yellow gun range that's good money oh yeah that 30 mp negative one enmity i think Correct. Yeah, that's, some, that's some strong gear back then. But so, yeah, the, uh, the, the the hate generation from that, um, it was, it's actually kind of important that, that we realized that, that was go- what was going on with it, though, because um, it works today the same way it worked back then. That, you know, the more targets you get hit with uh, when you when you execute a move that is AoE, the more enmity it generates, because it generates per target. Uh, so we were, we were already using that uh, for enmity generation back then, and now we just kind of know that it exists for things like One for All or Rampart or whatever. So it's yeah. kind of like the precursor to us understanding that. The shadows were very important for that to work. So it was either Ninja slash Bard or Bard slash Ninja. I remember back then too, since Bard didn't have duration gear, you would constantly be, you couldn't really, Bard rotations came into a thing sort of later or what, maybe for JA songs? Yeah, Bard rotation, it kind of was a thing. Yeah, I remember but- it. There just wasn't lots of song duration gear back then. Yeah, like, like the biggest thing was the Karn that like, came out, but of course that was impossible to get right when it came out. We had a bard swap parties to like make sure all the mages had ballads and stuff, and they like, basically just bounce between parties for that. But most of what people think a uh, a bard swap is now is when everyone's pre-buffing for like a nitro zerg and and uh, everyone all the DDs are making sure that they have all the same songs and stuff, and you get like ten songs going. Uh, that definitely was not a thing back then. You know, I think the biggest thing was. A Shadow Lore, or Diamond Lore, I think it was the main swapping, bard swapping thing. Yeah, yeah, I think that's the first time it actually was, was big. I remember it for Ian uh, Hariyar uh, for when you'd take a summoner into Astral Flow, one of the waves to save time, you would have to have a bard swapping parties to give all the summoners uh, ballad. But other than that, yeah. Look at that. Ballad was so important back then. And like nowadays, when I'm on like White Mage or something, I'll be surprised if someone even PNSOs me. Yeah, ballad. That's so crazy. They just figured you're fine on your own. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so you had like no time to melee or anything. If you were pulling as a bard, you basically had to pull a mob, sleep it, sing your songs, maybe cast a stone skin or a blank, then go pull another mob. Yeah, if you decided to have two daggers on, it was only because you had dual wield, and it was only because you were sub ninja, so you wouldn't die on the pull, right? Yeah, pretty much. I did always prefer white mage, but ninja sub was more prevalent back then for shadows. Yeah, I agree with that too. Um, just being able to re-raise yourself is huge and throwing out like emergency cures or nas, but we'll, we'll talk about more of that, about that later. But you've been a bard for a long time though, man. Like, uh, from what I understand it, you made a guide. <laughs> well, just recently made a guide. Yeah. Um, 2017, I had a, um, a gear guide. Basically it wasn't like a full fledged, here's a guide. And you know, you can talk about the job ability, talk about this or that merits, but it basically I've mostly had gear. Uh, as far as what to cast and what to fast cast in, you know, precast idols, etc. 
So I saw how much that was being linked to from the auction house thread. So because of that, I'm like, yeah, everyone's linking to that. It must be pretty good. So then I'm like, oh, better make a guide. I made the guide. And at that point, I'm like, um, I guess I'll make a full-fledged guide. And I just didn't get around to it. You know, I was busy with Wiki, busy with other things. But more recently, I actually expanded it. Spicy told me I should. And everyone else had a guide. So I'm like, yeah, I better do it. Yeah, I kind of said that facetiously because of our our recent screw-ups with the recordings. But uh, I actually did. I I used your guide for a long time, like when I geared my bard. And um, I remember I was looking for a good guide. And I couldn't find one anywhere. And then I found, uh, I think it was Obama, I want to buff you. Or or, or how do you say that? (laughs) And I actually had to like, it didn't really have anything in it at the time. And I had to click on the the, the thing that, that linked just to your gear sets. And I just, just kind of used those as a template to get me going. Yeah. I was going to say it'd be it just hard. the gear sets is all I had really. I was going to say it'd be hard to imagine back in the Bush era that Funk was sitting there singing ballad on everyone with his G horn, dreaming about the day <laughs> when he could make a, a guide with a picture of a community organizer from Chicago as his uh, bard mascot. It, was, it wasn't that old. <laughs> It, it sat there for like, you had your gear sets for a while, but that guide sat there blank for years. Even your gear sets weren't even a thing. You made the guide just a blank picture of Obama. Yeah. <laughs> and it sat there for like a, I don't want to say a year. I didn't keep track of it, but it sat there for a while before you even made your sets. It's like when you hang a, a small shirt on the wall, it's like someday I'll fit in this shirt. Someday I'll make this guide. Is that what you're telling yourself? <laughs> yeah, motivation. You know, if sometime I make the guide, if it sits there, if it's a blank page ready to go. Not until 2020, I actually made it. I think another direct comparison to your gear sets would be the monk guide on the community guide on monk for BG. I didn't even know it was a thing until Carrot mentioned it, and people apparently been linking to there. To I don't know who put it up. I don't know who did it, but I think it's another example of something that someone did that could be a little more flushed out. But it's apparently a big thing. Yeah, I mean, some guides that go directly into use this for this event. I mean, not many do, but um, basically. Uh, you know, Mambo is better for Charybdis, this kind of thing. I just don't go into that because every situation is different. Every Link Shell fights things differently. Like you guys are talking about meta and doing things differently. So that's why I don't want to say, yeah, this is best for this Bowman boss. So I don't talk about individual fights. I talk about best in slot gear sets, but I also talk about beginning Bard, exactly starting the game, you know, and fresh 99 Bard, first job, gear sets as well. I mean, Bard may sing to set the tempo, but you're really at the mercy of your group and what they need, and they set the tempo for you. Yeah, it's yeah. totally situational. Yeah. yeah, like there's a lot of situations where I wish that uh, that we would actually branch out on what songs and things. Like most of the time, you'll see a party get buffs from a Bard, and it'll be like two marches and like two attacks is like the most boring version. And, and boring can work too sometimes, like don't get me wrong. But uh, it just depends on whether or not someone's actually casting haste. Like, are you still going to use those two marches? No, probably not. Not if you, you know, have actual song potency and so forth. So, I mean, it's there, there's a lot of different ways to approach it, like uh, like they were saying. And, you know, just knowing how to buff those spells for when those spells are called upon, I think, is the most important thing you can do with a guide with a job as complex as Bard actually is. And you can yeah, find I mean, those on PG. Yeah, we have the song potency page. <laughs> it's very important for bards to know that capping two marches will cap you. You don't need haste after that. Like you should know how, approximately how much attack your songs give and how much plus eight, plus you have each song, etc. That's a big problem for bards, in my opinion, is that they don't know the value of their songs. You find a lot of times they one hour and put another march up, or or don't know that they their group doesn't have enough haste because they just 
don't know. And I think or the overhaste. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the overhaste I started with. But if you don't know what your group needs, if you're a capping attack, stop singing your your minuet. It's just stop it. And if you don't know that, then you're not a bard that should be playing bard. I actually have an important message from your mechanic uh, that uh, you should actually check your Lua's because any Lua that has uh, haste tearing in it is likely old and doesn't account for having things like the, uh, the plus one Moonbonac and things like that. Um, a lot of the, uh, the original auto tiers for haste for equipping like the different haste group sets, um, they will make it seem like you're not haste capped, but you actually are because they were made with only plus four in mind and not with uh, the new plus eight that you can actually reach. So just kind of keep that in mind when you're filling out your Lua. Yeah, some songs are even plus nine as well. Yeah, that's true. I think it's carols, right? No. Like Mambo and Madrigal. Because you have the yeah. uh, Ambuscade back. Yeah, that's right. Like, someone asked me, hey, what do I wear for this? I, I just forget sometimes. You know, I have to go back to the guide and I don't like to remember, memorize everything. Well, I mean, if you do a search for um, like carol like like if they're asking you what you wear for carols right you can just search carol and then uh when you actually look at the the, the song carol and like breakdown of what it does and all that uh just below it there's a, a box i'm talking about searching this on bg um there's a box that just says hey here's a list of gear that also does that also augments this in some way so like you can kind of solve that problem yourself if necessary like if you can't find it right thing yeah i mentioned every single uh, buff and debuff song in my guide and what to wear. I just don't mention what songs to sing for what content is what I mentioned we talked about earlier. Yeah, because yeah. sh- that should be a group discussion though, right? And that's what we're talking about where, you know, your your group's going to be different. You're going to have different uh, job job combinations and stuff and, like, you have uh, different needs for the content you're fighting. Like, uh, you know, you, you may need more accuracy if you're in an ambuscade with, like, crazy evasion thief mobs or, or whatever. Yeah, like ambuscades have more like like thief mobs, like wave three thief NMs, and you know that kind of thing. Yeah, so I think more awareness should actually be put on learning the content itself, and then applying the the job guide to just making sure your job is geared properly, and uh, you know how your mechanics work on your job, and then um, taking that extra step to find out what's going on with the content and what buffs should I be providing? Because there's a huge difference between a bard that knows what what the hell's going on and a bard that just sings the two marches and two attacks and calls it a day and thinks everyone's at attack cap or accuracy cap when they're they're not i think yeah. in omen it's the for fodder it's about 1250 evasion to cap evasion on fodder and omen it's that or 1350 i think it's 1250 i i could look it up i'll probably do that while you're talking at some point just to verify that but there's honestly groups where if you just gave groups running through something, uh, evasion songs. Not every job could do this, obviously. It's definitely Thief could. Uh, other certain jobs could, Monk or something. You could honestly do better as a group using something that no one uses, like Mambo, and just not, you know, no one's going to die on the way up to Omen if they're evading the mobs. So, Yeah, and you should really look at any job that can wear the Malignant's gear as a potential candidate that can do that. Um, what I'll tell you, without going into a Beastmaster tangent, is uh, my Beastmaster without Mambos can hit 1100 evasion. So just because you, you know, you're not a ninja or a thief, like don't necessarily rule that out. Like if that's a kind of strategy that you want to try to craft around the group you currently have, um, feel free to try to experiment with those songs because sometimes that can be, you know, more efficient than overtaxing your healer, yeah. especially if you already have a geo and a, and a core and everything for attack. One Dragonfoe Mambo on that set for your Beast would cap you on fodder. That's pretty gross. You mean trash mobs, right? Yes, trash, trash mobs and omen. Of course. 
What about the trash mobs in Odyssey? Do we know the values on them yet? I'm banned. I don't know the values. Uh, um, okay, I noticed that on floor one, especially in the first tier, obviously the later ones doesn't really apply to, but the thief has no problem evading on that tier. So I know there's no real values, I guess, that are known because no one's testing that. Yeah, it can't be that bad because even my Terrabad thief uh, doesn't have that much issue on uh, in Odyssey on the lower floors. Let's see. So talk to me a little bit. You know, you 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 did the guide and everything, but uh, what's going on with uh, magic accuracy and skill and charisma on Bard? Like, I, I have an question. understanding of Geo, and I'm I'm asking you kind of with the information already known, but uh, so what people don't really understand is what skill actually does for a lot of magic. Uh, in the game, and you know all the different stats you use. So, so what do you have going on with that, man? Sorry, before we get to that. So back. Oh sure. Hey, Fox, have you been walking a lot today? No. Because your dogs are sure barking. Yeah, they are, <laughs> and that's part of Sunday, and where I have to keep them on Sunday. What is it? Visitation? <laughs> no, they're just. <sighs> These are my dog children. I have visitation <laughs> yeah. today. Sorry, everyone. There's basically there's there's more traffic out in the cul-de-sac, or uh, on the main street and stuff right now. Um, I'm just teasing you on Sundays. I'm just teasing you. We can Dude, we can get back yeah. into charisma versus magic accuracy versus skill. <laughs> it's frustrating. I I that's why I'm like mashing push to talk like a like a machine gun. So back at seventy five cap, everyone stacked charisma because they didn't know any better, and I was the, or I mean I wasn't the front runner, but. I decided, yeah, let's try, let's go ahead and try skill because pe- some people were talking about that in the BG forums that uh, wind skill and singing skill are better than charisma. So every time I would use, let's say, that torque, uh, that plus seven wind torque, you know, they had plus seven skills yeah, torques yeah. back in BC torques. Yeah. So that was my main go to was that torque and I stacked the skill. So back at 75 cap, skill was amazing. Magic accuracy was fairly, I mean, it was new for a it was new, probably 2006-ish, 2007-ish, they came out with Magic Accuracy. Yeah, so then we, we actually didn't have a lot of Magic Accuracy to begin with at all. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't a thing. It was like a newer stat. Kind of like how when they added like the augment phrase to some things, it was before it was called Enhances Cover instead of Augments Cover. Yeah, and I remember there were um, there were like bangles you could pick up in Carpenter's Landing that had like plus one Magic Accuracy on them or something ridiculous. And I remember those were actually pretty coveted because people didn't really... No, magic accuracy yeah. did. Wouldn't have been better than the stats. Yeah, like the, yeah they didn't. They thought, you know, you, you can't see magic accuracy. So, okay, it's a useless stat, you know. But you can actually see your stats in your equipment menu. So, these days, though, going on to 99 cap, 119 plus, uh, the consensus is that charisma seems better to stack. But we have a loads of magic accuracy in our AF1 version, our, uh, AF1 plus three. So, Bard gets quite a lot of magic accuracy. Um, but I think that the consensus basically is that it's pretty equal. And you can always cast a charisma song on you if you need to. So you can just you can't pull magic accuracy really out any of anywhere. You can pull a charisma song out of anywhere though. And skill, most like honor march cast nine hundred skill. And it's also combined skill, kinda like how Geo is the handbell yeah, plus yeah. the uh geomancy skill equals nine hundred or whatever. Bard is wind skill plus singing skill if you have a flute. Or it's string skill plus singing skill if you have a string equipped. 
So and on both jobs, it's pretty easy to hit that 900 anyway. So it's usually not that much of a concern. You should just still be mindful that it exists because it is possible to mess up honor march and not have an honor march that's capped. Yeah, me and Rain, uh, one of the guys in Midling Show, we tested the, or actually Rain did most of the work. He tested the string skill. If you stack someone's string skill, it basically affects the AOE radius of your lullabies or AOE songs. Are you so the more you stack, it, it increases yeah. the AOE radius. Yeah. Is but it you noticeable? Need some, yeah, yeah. You can you can see it's it. Huge. There's a stat in game where you can see oh, the AOE. Right. Yeah, it's like a thing you can select. It's in the config uh, under misc. Uh, I don't want to pick the wrong misc and say misc one, but I use it. Um, yeah, it's, and it, it's, area it's actually effect awesome. on. I think. Yes, it's it like is. that. It's, it's like a blue circle that pulses out from around you, and you can see exactly how far your ranges are and everything you can do. I never knew string yeah, skill so enhanced the, the range. Uh, when, yep. Yeah, it does for debuffs and buffs. Well, a uh, radius, right? Um, I think range would be like the distance out. The yeah, yes. Yeah, so you the, mean the AOE range, the AOE radius? I didn't mean literally. Radius would be the right distance word, from yeah. the target. I every once in a while I see bards uh, trying to uh, use G horn to for their like horde lullabies and stuff, and like sometimes it's a good idea, but that that radius is so small, and it, it kind of makes me cringe when you know a bard goes to try to sleep like uh, a super tank pole and omen, for example. And they can only hit like half the mobs because they're trying to use a horn instead of a harp. And there's just better ways to go about it. So you can barely you can barely hit all the mobs for albumen for sleep with a flute. It's the range is I think it's actually I don't, don't want to try to guess what it is. I want to say it's five, I guess, but it's very if, small. We're talking yeah. mer range sub blue here in Dynamis. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Five yalms, whatever. I would is. say, but anyways. Yeah, I would say it, it's a big thing. Bards need to really understand is that you need to not use g horn for everything and that you can get the same sleep duration by not and we actually have an alternative uh to our ama for that like any bard with with four songs has verdabla so it already has increased duration on sleeps it's already going to be benefiting from the string thing uh, but there's a uh, blurred heart plus one that's usually overlooked and uh it has uh it, it actually allows you to do a plus four lullaby with um with having that same range that you would have on or sorry, with the same potency as a G horn, but the same range as you would have on strings. Of yeah. So like, let's say a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago, uh, Rain did some testing, and he found out that the more you stack, the he had the has a it's somewhere buried in the in one of the threads, or maybe I put it on BG. I'm not sure, but you really need like a really really obscure build to get all this string. It's not it, it's not anywhere near anything acceptable. Like you needed. Really stupid uh, earrings. They need to dual wield this so, and that. Well, but there's actually a use for that earring from uh, Domain Invasion then? Like, yeah. If you wanted to make this. Oh, that's kind of yep. cool. Like you needed uh, stinky earrings plus one times two and a bunch of stuff. Oh, man. Yeah, I'm nowhere near that that build. Like, there's, that's a lot of pretty gross, very specific gear. Not necessarily the stinky earrings, but just to have all that on you at all times. While we're on the Blurred Harp, uh, plus one. I guess there's not really a reason to have the NQ because it's only five mil for the plus one. It's not hard to come by. Um, I know we're going to get into low-level bard gear for people looking at bard or thinking of starting a bard or a mule they bought. Uh, is there a reason besides... I mean, there's a little magic accuracy on the augmented terpander. Is there a reason to make a terpander over just picking up a blurred heart plus one and calling it a day? If you can afford the blurred heart... Because on Sylph, the blurred heart plus one is 20 mil. So it depends on your server. I don't know what server that is because our server is the only. You know, no, no I, I know. I know you said so. <laughs> oh, okay. 
that's good. If, yeah, if you can get a Blurred Heart plus one, there's no reason to get Derpander. Does the same thing. Plus, you have the added, uh, I think it's Ballad on it, plus Lullaby. Ballad plus two. All songs plus two, Lullaby plus two. So that's so, Lullaby plus four, Ballad plus four, essentially. One thing you want to look at, too, is that the Blurred Harp uh, and Blurred Harp plus one, both of them are SU2 gear. So you need at least 100 JP to use that. Um, depending on how you decide to get your JP, uh, I'm a big proponent of going out and getting it yourself, but everyone will have their own opinion. Um, but you won't be able to start with that Blurred Heart plus one right away at zero JP, though. So getting the Turpander uh, will allow you to have three songs uh, instead of uh, earlier than you would with the Blurred Harp. And I honestly still use the Turpander on Bard because when it's augmented, you get three DT on it. And I actually will idle in it because it helps me uh, with the DT set, every everything I want to balance out because I like high magic too. Yeah, I guess. You'll- you also have the Nibiru Harp. You can get, I think it's DT and PDT. MDT and PDT. Oh, actually, I hadn't looked into that. The one. Nibiru Harp is a really good idle piece, but I, I do use the Linos because you can augment that to hell. I have like five different Linos. I actually have a DD one, and I, I'm, you'll find out later when, I, when we're talking about it that I'm not a huge proponent of DD Bard, but I have it just in case. But yeah, I have like the quad attack, double attack uh, Linos or whatever, and I finally got to use it the other day in Ambuscade. And I, I definitely circle bladed like a champ. I guess we can go into so, Melee Bard now. It's yeah, and I was going to say, Nibiru Harp has Magic Evasion 20 and PDT MDT 3. The Augmenter Ponder is just DT 3, Magic Accuracy 10, and HP 30. So it would, and, and we're going to throw my spicy logic in here for a second, even though I have referred to myself in the third person twice so far this episode, as opposed oh, to zero in the other. So watch out, my ego is out of, it's out of control. Um <laughs> I'm going to say if you can afford 5 mil for a harp as a fresh bard and it's 100 JP, you can handle, if you're going to shell out 5 mil and save yourself time and effort and not carry something else, uh, you can go get 100 job points relatively quickly and even just hold on to the item until then. It's no reason not to go do it really quick. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're better off using the money you'd spend for Terpander towards that. Yeah. Yeah, I can agree. Even though I use the Terpander, like that's definitely sound just more streamlined in how you decide to progress. You mean I can't pay someone? You you sure can, man. I can't AFK and watch the Animaniacs? Just as long as while you do it, you uh, at least pretend like you're trying to learn how to put up your dummy songs and stuff, and I think you'll you'll be okay in the long run, right? Oh, you just use carols, right? Oh, for your for your dummies? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, best carol. Yeah. Best dummy songs, carols. Funk, what dummy songs should a bard be using, and how many dummy songs do they need? <laughs> I definitely would Say it's not Carol, that's for sure. Because there's a couple of reasons. The first and foremost is Carol is used uh, lots of endgame. I just sung Carol like two seconds ago. So you don't want Carols as your dummies. I I mean, Payon is a good choice. That's what I use personally. I use Payon 1 through 5 because you possibly could use Payon 6 for something as like a full strength song. Or you can also use the random ass stat resist songs. The ones that people don't know exist, like the Fao Abade, which is enhanced resistance against sleep. I'm part of Goblin's Gavote. Goblin's Gavote, yep. Shining Fantasia. I personally use the, the Herb Pastoral. <laughs> and uh, and yeah. uh, honestly, like when it comes to dummies, I only have one dummy song because I just put up the two songs and then sing the dummy and then put up the song that overwrites and then sing the dummy and then I do my nitro. So typically, like if I'm in a bard swap, and this is a pretty safe way of going about it, too. Um, I don't know if you'll agree, but um, I just use the songs that they want us to sing. You can use the songs they want you to sing. But because what it does is if you really compare it, a plus zero song to a plus eight song, 
just for a brief moment of time isn't that much of a difference, to be honest. If you want to go like soul voice all out, sure, there is a big difference there. But as far as the rest goes, I mean, you can definitely put them up because if you're in the middle of like a CP party and you need to put up your dummy songs, just go ahead and put up your fake songs if your gear swap allows it. Just go ahead and use the no strength songs because no strength songs are better than an herb pastoral. Is your the, gear swap yeah. on your god? Sorry to interrupt. I thought you were done. Oh, no, sorry. My gear swap is not on my guide, and I guess I could put it on there. Ooh. But I do need to work on it a bit. I need some rules for meleeing. But um, anyways, yeah, it definitely would not a bad idea to have your actual songs you're going to sing as your dummy songs. Well, I've seen it a few times where, like, sometimes the bards won't communicate in advance, and those kind of take what songs are singing granted. And if you're singing, like, the same songs as the other person or like let's say one of your dummies happens to be one of the songs like carol like one of your, your dummies happens to be one of the songs that like say the other person's doing all of a sudden your party only has like seven songs yeah six you, songs on them and you can ruin an entire uh, soul voice rotation doing that yeah this is not advised for soul voice rotation it's only if you're actually singing just for your own party like a cp party or um an event party like ambuscade etc because you don't definitely don't want to overwrite someone else's songs, and that just is going to destroy the run. So, but, but what I usually do is what my group does is we sing four payons, then we both make sure four payons are on both our parties, and we both clear on call and sing a fifth payon. So we have five payons up for each party. After that, that's when we use our soul voice, troubadour, and nightingale. Then we put five full strength songs up on our parties. Then we do, um, if we have to, we do like a a um, pianissimo ballad sometimes we don't do that until we both rotate and we both drop parties and what we do after we join the next party is we sing three songs because our clarion calls up so we sing three full strength songs and then you sing your fourth and fifth song with your dummy songs to put the song actually put it up then you can overwrite those with your full strength fourth and fifth song so you have five up i feel like playing bard is like putting together ikea furniture just by listening to it I was gonna say that you should have like a, a flow chart, uh, a flow chart, or like some sort of image on your guide that shows the uh, that shows putting up the songs in the right order. That's a good idea. I could have that, but I, I can definitely see that. Like as a bard, I personally struggle with just ballads in general. Um, ballads don't like to jive with the rest of the um, with the rest of the, the songs you cast, and I know that they absolutely hate like overwriting things, and it it just gets kind of weird. I, I'm not the best bard ever. So I, I can struggle with that portion of it. I've never yeah, been more glad I don't play Bard. Oh, yeah, ballads usually... The biggest problem I have is my ballads usually overwrite my my uh, Shurzos and my mages. My mages die from my maging occur. See, the ballads usually mess with my marches, and I don't know why. It depends on what you sing first. So if you sing a Shurzo first, your ballad's going to get overwritten, or over, going to overwrite the Shurzo. I guess I should get out of the haste of... Oh, yeah, well, I mean, Shurzo is usually there for a good reason, so we want to make sure the Shurzo's up if the Shurzo needs to be up. But yeah, I guess I should get out of the habit of singing my songs all in the same order then. I guess that's kind of eye-opening for me. Yeah, if you go ahead and switch them up. So sing like... Uh, it's not, it sounds weird, but instead of doing the Honor March first with the Marcado, go ahead and sing the Minuet Fire first. Just not Marcado. Yeah. You called it. I almost always start with Marcado on our march, and uh, there you yeah, go. you're right. But it messes you up. Yep, every time. So it's worth giving it a try to see what you can change up. About that flowchart. <laughs> <Right>. Yeah. 
Yeah, for sure. I'll I'll think about adding that to my guide for sure. I feel like Bard is the only job in the game that you have to read how to do the job because you'd have no idea all the order and the dummy songs and this and that and the instruments and changing everything up and everything you need to go down the checklist and then figure out the order. And then if someone dies, try to figure out how to fix it or redo the whole order and then have to play the job extensively just to get used to, oh, someone died. I got to do this. Okay. I'm in this group. They want this. I got to do this. One thing also to know is when you have 10 songs up, so you have two Rima bards, they basically share a slot with your Corsair rolls. So you can only have two Corsair rolls. I think it's 12 total between songs and Corsair rolls. So if you have two cores, you can only have eight songs up. I I think it's limits. I want to say it's, I want to say that's the limits, but I could be wrong. But I do know 100% that they share spots with Corsair rolls. I've never seen that. Like usually, uh, the groups I run with only have like one Corsair yeah, per party. Usually, yeah. Bard rotation, so that's never come up. Yeah, it's that's good to know. Yeah, twelve Thanks. is the cap, by the way. Yeah, twelve. Then there you go. So if you have ten songs, which would be two bards plus one core, that'd be twelve. That doesn't mess with uh, entrusted geomancy or anything like that. Correct. Okay, good, good. I'm just making sure. I've never run into that problem. I play geo a lot, and uh, I just wanted to be certain that I wasn't just like throwing entrust away. Depends who you cast it on. <laughs> right. When you entrust Spicy Ryan in Dynamis Santoria. Uh, did we ever talk about that Dynamis run in one of these episodes? We had to, because I don't believe <laughs> I died nine I times. I think it's one of the lost episodes. Yeah, it's one of the lost episodes. I died nine times, and I was on Thief. The 75 cap? No. no. <laughs> cut, like, That's so good. Back <laughs> 75 cap. Yeah, I would have de-leveled. No, it was like two months ago now, Fox, running with Mers Link Shell. Not even two months, yeah. a month or so. We were doing Dynamis Sandoria, and I, I remember there were just so many problems. Like you weren't you weren't haste capped from the bard that was in the party. Yeah, that was one of our newer bards, and he was trying to get like his unlocks and stuff. So like I was trying to entrust haste on you, and then when I saw everything was going wrong, like I was entrusting Vex on you because ninjas were exploding. Like it, it was definitely a, a pretty fun time. That's one way to put it. So do we want to get into? I was gonna say into new player gear. But, but, now we're touching on how Bard does things. Should we touch on how Bard supports people besides the songs? Because uh, meleeing is not the greatest use of a Bard. And, well, that's, a, that's debatable. Some people want to do it. Sometimes there may be a reason to do it. But I'm sure we're all unanimously in agreement here about what Bard should be doing to support besides singing songs. Are you trying to say that a Bard support is not just a Bard, like, trying to stab something in the kidneys with a turret or in an hands? Yeah, and if you are doing that, you probably should be sub-dancer and putting box stuff on if it's needed. And and if it's not needed, then you probably shouldn't really be poking much, unless it's maybe some weird ambuscade or something. How do you feel about DD Bard, Fum? So first and foremost, DD Bard, it all depends on how good your support is. You don't want to be sitting there swapping or whacking at things with the dagger when you could be, when you're supposed to be, getting that is the elements off a party member, keeping somebody alive. Like a DD does a lot more damage than you would ever do, unless your DD is horrible or new or whatever, you know. So it's more important for you to support your party and you don't want to melee unless your white mage is amazing or your other support is also really great. Yeah, because you're at the end of the day, your white mage can't dual cast. And with a lot of the content out there, like you're not only getting damage thrown around, but you're also getting a lot of status effects thrown around too. And on top of that, like your white mage doesn't always guaranteed to have a aggro sheet. 
So the more utility the bard can bring to the party, the more you can actually lean on your DDs to do what they're there for. And and I'm in the camp, and that's kind of what I'm leaning into. I'm in the camp where I think bards, a majority of the time, 99% of the time, should always, or should be sub-white mage. And that's because the loss of the potential DD um, from the bard isn't as great as the uh, potential loss of the DD from the people that are there to be. Um, so I think just kind of running some risk assessment there, having the bard available to make sure your DDs can do what they need to do is far more important. You know, whether or not you can break five digits on a, on a Morden rhyme. I mean, if you're doing Odyssey or Omen or the early waves of Dynamis and you don't have anything to do for a bit, because your songs are up, especially if you don't have a bunch of groups to sing for and it's just one, then there's not much reason as long as everything's fine not to poke something and, and add is it I mean, because another gripe you could have is that bards don't do anything once the songs are up. And so if you're going to do nothing being sub-white mage, you might as well have done something if you didn't need to do it. So I guess it's always a, you know, in general, for content that matters or events that matter, yeah. But there's also times that bards get very lazy. Yeah, so if you are if you whip, whip out your dagger and you go swat, uh, swing at things in like a CP party, and you have a samurai self skill chain, skill chaining. You don't want to skill chain and mess up their skill chain. Your your couple thousand k uh, evisceration or whatever is going to do a lot less damage than a skill chain would for a self like a samurai. But if you're in like omen, you can help with objectives. You can use your wep- uh, magical weapon skills and such. It's definitely good to do, and that's why I do as well. You um, should absolutely else? do that. Yeah, but it's it's not good for you to be sitting there hitting something when it, like a crawler. And it has a defense boost up. You want to be using finale on it, so you have to pay attention to the the mob's buffs. So you don't want to keep like a, a defensive buff on it when you could be spelling that instead of meleeing it. And so I think what you're trying to say is that you're a mage first and a DD second, then, right? Yes, you're a mage first and DD second for sure. I don't the, know what I DD most on is the wave three dynamics bosses because I usually get maybe four ish percent of the parse. Not like it's a lot, but hey, it helps. It's something. No, that's it's probably the best the mob use has. of it. Yeah, the, it's exactly. It's it's a lot when the mob has that much HP, and if you're not doing anything better, then yeah, you should absolutely be meleeing. And so yeah, the the wave three boss is a is a huge situation where if you have a bard that's geared, absolutely go for it. Yeah, as far as gear goes for melee, I'm not the best melee in the world. I mean, I have a pretty good Sam, but I'm not all into mechanics like you guys are. So it's you can, you can hardly even find anything with the star tp and double attack on and that's bard. a huge shame too i feel like with a lot of the gear that se has released for bard they're like trying to give the players the impression that it, that it's possible to you know be all the bard you can be um but they don't have anything that that has both of these important stats on it like you, it's almost like you have to choose multi-attack or choose store tp and uh unless you have a carn it, it, it kind of makes it it difficult to pull that off be all the bar that you can be. That is a great, great poster someone should have in their bedroom somewhere. Heroic bard poster. And as far as uh, interrupting skill chains and DDing, there's some very, very elite players on Acera. Some people sometimes end their name in an X who really could take that to heart. I sorry, I was still hung up on the, the poster with Uncle Funk on it pointing at you. Saying that he <laughs> Uncle Funk. That'd be a good Photoshop. Someone has to make that. Well, it's so good. Throw some riddles on it, too. Yeah. But yeah, but as far as melee goes, you don't want to be meleeing in dynamics. You're going to be pulling. You're going to be having crowd control. You're going to be using those sleep guns with uh, your TH4 set, hopefully. And you don't want to melee. You got to get silence. Yeah, what's and, going on with silence? 
Yes, and silencing. Uh, like I said earlier, Bard has amazing AF1 plus 3 sets for magic accuracy. You can, it's very important for you to be casting silence on all the mobs, especially the mages, to pull them in when to the mob, to the bubbles instead. Just spam your silence. I don't. I hardly get resisted at all on Dynamis as far as silence goes, except for Wave 3 gives me some troubles, especially the NMs. Well, spamming the silence anyway helps out other jobs too. Um, like if your red mage is trying to land that silence, I know it's important to get the long, long silence, but uh, if the mob is resistant to silence, you, that red mage is still going to have to immuno break. So if the bard can help with even one of those immuno breaks, that's pretty ideal. Water I know courage. when I'm on white mage, yeah. When, I, when I'm on white mage, uh, I spam silence for exactly that reason too. But uh, just because the bard doesn't have native enfeebling skill does not mean that it can't land that silence. It, it absolutely can. Funk's right. You have a, a metric ton of magic accuracy on that gear. I don't think I think it even competes with Red Mage for like the highest amount that you can have. It's, it's yeah, I do have a offensive song set for uh, in my guide for silence and such. So That's... be sure to refer to it. Make sure you have it set up. Funk's just unresistible is what it is. Wow. Speaking of Dynamis, there's that divergence weapon, the uh, barf whatever the hell it is. Yeah, Barfwack. Barfwack. Barfwack? How do you say it? How do you say it, Spicy? Uh, I'm no linguistic Are guy. Are you sure it's not I may pronounced be, I may be... Hey, Tare. I, everything sounds better in French. Don't quote me. Uh, I may be a cunning linguist, but I am not a linguistic expert. Yeah, um, the barf... The SU-5 barf weapon. Let's just call it that. There you go. It's a very expensive weapon. If you can afford it, sure, it's pretty cool to have. It's it's very niche. I mean, it doesn't. It only affects you. Sure, you're gonna have four songs up all the time, and it gives you minus three percent damage taken per song that's up. So that's twelve percent damage taken. But you can easily get your damage taken cap and your magic damage taken cap without having that. So it's just a very niche weapon. But it's cool to have, cool to play around with. But I wouldn't go out of your way to get it. Be all the bard that you can be. That's right. Yeah. In between those seven instruments and, and four weapons and everything else you got, carry one more thing that does nothing. Well, depending on how you want to use it, like Barfwack can be really cool. Um, I know I was really sad when I found that the Bard was not on the Malignant's Pole, because the Malignant's Pole opens up any job they can wear it to having really awesome magic evasion options. Um, uh, Bard still is stuck with, I, I, I personally idle with uh, Daybreak and Genmei Shield. Uh, for for that kind of DT, like I wish I could use the Mulligan's Bowl on the job, but um, Barfwack, if you have all four songs up, or even the songs from another bard, like if you if you happen to have more than five for some reason, um, you can carry a lot of DT just in that dagger, and then you can have a, a pretty crazy, uh, pretty crazy magic evasion set to back you up. Yeah, the Daybreak does have the most magic evasion for bard. I yeah. personally use the Ipitam. Well, why is that? Dogments you can get are pretty good. Oh, I hadn't actually looked into them. Um, I just saw 30 yeah. magic evasion, called it a day, slapped that on. Yeah, I can get, I have 15 magic evasion. So it definitely doesn't be 30. Yeah, that's not. But I also have, uh, I can let you know what I have on it. Give me one second. Yeah, sure, man. And after that, since we're going to talk in infinitum, we should probably talk about stuff for new bards, maybe what they merit, uh, what they should focus on as new bards, such as you know, the ambuscade gear for idling and stuff like that. Yeah, sure. Yeah, so my Ipitam, I have HP plus 35, MP plus 35, Magic Evasion plus 15, Refresh plus 1, plus the um, Evasion plus 22 is natively on it. 
Yeah, like all of that's pretty reasonable. Like it's it's basically a daybreak, and it does basically what daybreak does for me. That's for I sure. I mean, you have yeah, you have this um, the Sonoma, so it's like Goma from uh, Rising Gemma. Yeah, I think it draws off Telus, right? Yeah, it's a good option as well. But um, I definitely did prefer this one after I saw the stats I can get on it because I also uh, teamed it up basically with Linos. So my Linos has HP plus twenty, Magic Evasion fifteen, and Magic Damage taking minus four percent so with my other options uh this basically had me at the cap well we're talking about a lot of crazy gear here but i know that uh you know new bards are often turned off to this job because they, they think you have to have all this stuff out the gate and it's not necessarily true um but i mean there's a lot of gear that's, that's pretty obtainable for bards uh that, that they can get right out the gate yeah so when you go ahead and you follow the fresh 119 guide i'm pretty sure it's linked to a and the one to one nineteen guide that Spicy made as well. All the intermediate objectives are away. Yes, yes, that one. Yeah, that's good. So but the problem coupons. is it only works once for one job. So unless barge your first job, which maybe someone's picking it because it's good in endgame, which might be a reason why it'd be their first time. That someone's probably to use that. Yeah, I'm sure it is. But um, anyways, I did link to that, and I based my guide off of having it. I mentioned like very starter gear. So if you're a fresh ninety nine job. First, first time playing the game, first job. I link to the intermediate guide, and you can get some very good weapons from there and some very good starter gear from there as well. So my guide has basically all of the one or all the fresh hand and option you could have, possibly have. I went to the like basically go to the auction house and get these things. Do the intermediate, you can get the rest of them that you don't have. It's good that you did that. I filled a lot of questions about what do I do next or how do I gear X job, and a lot of times I, I just refer people to the guides to get that feel for, for what they should do based on the gear they have. Um, but a lot of people can get lost in the, the progression at endgame as it currently stands. Cause like basically you hit 119 and then you're 119 and there's not like different flavors of 119, even though there really is. And a lot of times people don't know where to start. Yeah. I see it all the time. People asking what's, what should be my first 99 job or what should be, what should I work on first? And body really is a good, good one to get started. And I mean, sure. You're not going to have all of the songs, and all the most potent things ever, but you have to start oh, yeah, somewhere, you know. Hero Harp. I mean, if you're already starting with like 119 content, like uh, like Ashes of Ta, you're already well on your way towards you know having everything you need to get your Marseilles done. Like, just keep on that course, keep killing those NMs. And and honestly, the the biggest thing that I point new people towards is Ambuscade. And I tell them that Ambuscade helps you learn how to play this game, and you don't have to do it on BD when you first start out. Um, I feel like a lot of the shouts have died because a lot of people just pay for Ambuscade. And I don't want to get on too much of a tangent for that. But if people went into Ambuscade and learned their jobs and then got geared for their jobs by doing it, I, I think that we'd get a, a lot less people who are afraid to gear something like Bard because you can get away with three songs. And, you know, you can get away with like the, the plus one in Yago gear, which is still pretty excellent. I'm going to take that and keep running with it. And I'm going to say, yes, what you're touching on is probably one of the biggest, most longstanding misconceptions that comes to Bard outside of playing it of course that i've seen that has never died to this day is people who have bard and won't join shouts when they're a new player gearing up bard because oh i only have three songs oh i don't have g horn oh i don't have marseilles i don't have this or that and they're perfectly reasonable to go tackle the content link shells would love to have you because you would fill a necessary role and i think what i want to get at here is say you have you know, 100 job points, if you're being intimidated by not getting this stuff, you can grind out 100 job points in 
you know, a weekend casually watching, I don't know, reruns of Vikings. But if you have Nibiru Harp, you've already started there. You have some AF plus one or, or whatever. What is the bare minimum you'd say, Funk, that lets a bard know when they're ready to go, hey, can I play with you guys in Endgame? Say you have Nibiru Harp, what would be the minimum you need to... I mean, Albumin's a lofty target. It'd be a big one for a bard to go to. You would need to have probably plus three and everything through there to be reliable enough, I'm going to guess, but take it from there. Yeah, so your first goal should be Alinos, which you can get from the intermediate 119s, and you should augment that with some money that you receive from selling... Uh, sparks for instance and you should get uh, all songs plus one on there if you can and people have testified that if you've gotten all songs plus two it's basically cost the same as getting a g horn because it's, it's very rare to get all songs plus two so that would give you an all songs plus two instrument because it comes with plus one and if you get the augment of plus one that's plus two Nibiru, that should be your first neighborhood harp already has the plus two songs in it at that point but yeah would that be any different the linos plus one versus getting what eminent horn I mean, I guess that would be about the same. I mean, you can do that in horn too. Save a lot of so time. So there, there are multiple options out there, I suppose. Well, you want to look at uh, you know whether or not you're using a string or wind, though, because again, it comes up with the range. Well, you want to get used to using a getting a, your wind range down. It's nine point nine distance with a wind instrument. You can use a distance plugin to know what the nine point nine is. You'll get you'll eventually get used to how much it is, and you'll you'll know your range after a while. But you do want to have a wind instrument, and you want to skill up wind and singing and string. And to skill up, what you want to do, I mentioned this in my guide as well, but we'll mention it here, is go ahead and go get C, which you eventually will anyway. Go out go out to C on those um, all hippendi things, those goldfish things that don't attack you, they just follow you around. And if you don't damage them, they won't hurt you. So just spam your Therandies on them, and you'll scale up in no time. That's how I did it on uh, on Bard, because um, I got Bard ninety nine in the the current era that exists, and I actually went out to uh, Ruan after doing that in C, and I did it to the goldfish out there. Uh, just yeah, Ruan's a good teams. option too. Yeah, I should Ruan. Yeah, you'll cap that way, even though the mob's very low level. You can cap at uh the the, the not the O's, the OMs. Sorry, the OMs. The, to enter from uh, one of the crags, the same way you go to Rise and Jima. So the those are high levels. Yeah, those not the old goldfish, the arms, the ones yeah, the OMs. Them. So you can cap at one nine. Well, not one nineteen. You can cap at ninety nine in them. Yep, they recently changed it where you can cap uh, lower level mobs. I think it's easies or something. You used to not be able to though. That makes sense because if they're still going to aggro and still technically provide XP, then you might as well be able to skill on them. Yeah, so we should also talk about the the Dreamas or. What do you call them, Fox? I call them the E-Drama weapons, and that's courtesy of uh, my buddy Cavendish. They're just reamed weapons because everyone's reaming themselves to get them. Yeah, basically. They're reaming others about them. So my, my recommendation is everyone always says, hey, what, do you, what should you get first, you know? You should be working on your Marzias right when you start the game. Or, I mean, right when you start 99. Because you're going to be one doing, you're going to be doing a domain invasion, getting those beads every day to get your domain points. So start working on that. And while you're working on that, you should be doing your Dodabla first, I want to say, while you're doing your G-Horn. Kind of do both at the same time because you, you hopefully will be doing Ambuscade. So you'll be getting your currencies that way. But Dodabla is definitely, I'd say, the most important one to go for, even though it's incredibly expensive. It could be very daunting to a new player because you just can't beat four songs. 
Yeah, but honestly, though, we got to tape. I mean, taper down the expectations there. I think three for a bard, especially if they haven't even gotten Marseilles yet. I think that's perfectly acceptable for Endgame, in my opinion. But it is acceptable. It's just you want to work towards a goal, right? Yes. Log in every day to work towards a goal. True. That's what I meant by saying Diablo should be the first one you go for if you want to be a career bard. I was just trying I, I to push a baseline more so that a bard who is three songs, who may have picked up, you know, keep talking about Blurred Heart this episode, but it's just a really good baseline, I think, for a bard to push into things. Yeah, of course they know what they want. They want to get everything else, but to have that self-confidence a lot of bards lack, I think, a lot of players lack in general, is uh, am I good enough to go land sleep on album and I don't want to show up and be a laughing stock because I cost the group and they all got mad at me and I wasted my time and left. So, yeah, I hear you. Uh, back in, during the first Gia's Fate stuff, you had to time your elements correctly. Like, I think what we did when I was with you is we what we popped all three sets and then we timed it. Is that right? Uh, you're talking about album with the timer, yeah, yeah, because it pops exactly two minutes and two minutes and two minutes. Yeah, so we timed, I think we popped them all, then we slept them. So we had to know how long our sleep timers would last before the next bard was able to sleep it. But now these days, you're just so overpowered. You don't have to even worry about that anymore. Usually, some groups can kill it after one mobs before the second set spawns, pretty much. So um, my point is, ba- basically, back then, you had to know how long your sleep lasted and how long how strong your sleep was. So sure. these I mean, these days, I, it's definitely easy for a three-song bard to learn the job and they can definitely have almost all the utility as a four-song bard. It's just some groups that just want the best of the best, you know, just how they shop for Idris Geos only. They're gonna, you're going to find the shots that they want four-song bards only. I think that speaks a lot to the competency of the, uh, the group leader, the, the competency. Um, because you can, like, as someone who, who organizes this sort of stuff, um, like, I can use a three-song bard. Like you don't need what, or people don't need what they think they need to to clear the the highest content in the game. Like I would say, Dynamics Divergence Wave Three might be an exception to that, but like as far as that three song bard goes, like you can still use that bard, um, especially like if it's on an Aeonic line. So really, it's up to the leader to make sure that your your buffs are maximized properly and that you have a strategy that works based on the people you have, and not just look at the strategy and try to get certain people to fit that strategy. Because it's not necessary. Um, the, the mobs aren't nearly as hard, especially with the critical mass of gear we have nowadays. To the, the mobs aren't aren't so hard that we have to only run one strat, and that, that's something that I see a lot of groups selling themselves short on, and they're really minimizing the amount of strategies available to them uh, because they think they have to do it a certain way. If you're not finding a group that's murking something, just you know, maybe it's summoner burning all of a aonic weapon. If you're not finding that, then a person who has put themselves out there to make a shout is going to be very nervous about it because people don't really do that. They do it with their link shells or they pay people. There's not many, you're not really going to find many shouts. Maybe some very overly ambitious and and not afraid of anything sort of people that those runs generally fail. Those are the way pug runs are, have the reputation of being pug runs for. They have a lot at stake there. And I want to say that not a lot at stake but i mean you're going to be wasting a couple hours you got to find these people you could be you could shout and then the whole group will just disband because you don't find a bard and if it's a matter of having a three song bard or an idris geo i think going from dunna to idris is more important than going from three songs to four songs unless for some reason maybe you're meleeing album and you really need those carols on your melees otherwise without something like carols uh you're not missing out too much on 
what you shouldn't accuracy shouldn't really be a problem it's an extra attack song there that's that's what you're missing yeah if you're a three-song bard and you know a lot more about your songs and how strong you can be you're a lot more useful than a four-song if you ask me who doesn't know what they're doing just sings what they're supposed to sing i think people look at the getting the remus for bard as i need all four and you know this is a daunting task and in a way it kind of is but what we're trying to get at is that you can you can you can start attending these things and start getting the feel for playing this job properly while you're working on it. And you don't have to think that I have to finish, you know, my, my, uh, my Nardabla and then I have to finish my G horn and then I have to finish my Marseilles. So what we're trying to say is that you can get a lot of this progress simultaneously and that not all of it has a guild cost associated with it and not even all at the same time. Like a G horn is going to have a guild cost almost up front. Um, the Dardabla does not have a, a guild cost until you get to heavy metal plates. So while you're trying to get your Aeonic progress, which by the way is completely free, don't let people sell that to you. Um, so while while you're getting your Aeonic progress, you can also in your downtime be farming Dardabla for that part, and then using your guild towards making sure you're set up for your G horn. And you can actually make a lot of simultaneous progress before you end up in the uh, the, the guild funnel, the, the guild bottleneck that is uh, you know actually completing all of these things. And if you uh, want to break from that, you can basically do some assaults, work on your captain rank, work slowly thing. towards your Karn. Yeah, that was the next thing I was going to ask is, uh, you know, we hadn't mentioned Karn yet, and where, where do you feel Karn falls in this one? I think Karn went ahead and should be the last thing you buy, and last thing you work towards. Because while sure it would be amazing to have your 11, 12-minute songs with uh, Nightingale Tribador, it's most it's more important to have your four songs in G horn and you know how your job works, getting getting Mars, yes, getting your honor march. And you should Carmen Hen should be basically the last thing you get, besides like top notch plus three AF gear, that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean Karn's more about making your life easy or in the case of Albumin, the sleep timer. That's about yeah. it. It's it's basically that's exactly what it is. It makes your life easier and it makes uh the game less of a they can pay attention to something else, basically. <laughs> like silencing or using that DD on wave three with your Karn. Oh, wait, you need Karn yes. for that. Well, I think <laughs> we, should, uh, we should continue to try to set them up for success since we're already talking from the beginning, right? So uh, I know that you had sent us a message before about wanting to go over the merit recommendations for our new Bard, and I think it's a good time to, to talk about that. Like, uh, how do you think a Bard should approach the, uh, the recommendations for, for meriting out the job? Uh, one thing I wanted to touch on before that, if you don't mind, um, for as far as CP parties go, uh, Clarion Call is a very lesser known ability for that because everybody has it. So if you're out at a CP party and nobody dies, if you have a three song Turpander or a Blood Harp, put up, use Clarion Call. If your songs don't drop or if they don't die, you can keep four songs on until you zone. They're yeah, basically like four songs as it is. You're right, and that's excellent practice for being a bard in general. Like, you don't want to let those songs drop, and a merit party is a really low risk way to uh, to keep that practice going. Yeah, a CP party. I don't know if I said merit. Oh yeah, I think I may have said that too. Yeah, whatever. And here I am standing out in uh, Buffalo thickets at the Colibri camp with my flag up, and none of you guys are inviting me. Oh my bad, man. Uh, you're on pup, aren't you? <sighs> I need merits. <laughs> so yeah. If for um, as far as sub jobs go too, that's something to, to touch on as well before merits. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, I guess I, I, yeah. I glossed over that. I know we talked about like DD and you know subbing white mage to make sure that you have the utility. Uh, what else do you usually go to then? So ninety nine percent of the time when I'm barred, I always use white mage. Like I like we mentioned earlier, it's more important to have the nos spells on your team. Take off that paralyze. Take out erase that 
defense down or whatever it is, attack down. Back at 75 cap, Red Mage was really useful as far as um, fast cast goes because we didn't have convert. And convert may be useful now, but it's definitely not for bard because you can just battle yourself. So I always go and recommend White Mage sub almost all the time. Back at 75 cap, also Black Mage sub was useful for Elemental Seal for getting that elegy on Cerberus or Kamira. Oh, oh, for sure. Because uh, even though you have a ton of magic accuracy anyway, and I mean back then it wasn't necessarily the case, um, but uh, Elemental Seal is still kind of a go-to uh, for making sure that we can we can land stuff. Well, not, if not if you have 505 uh, Troubadour. Oh, yeah, you get the unerring song accuracy. Uh, I've seen a lot of people uh, overlook that, actually. Yeah, it's some, it's like very worded very strangely. So it gives you pretty much, I'll say like 99% accuracy. I was going to say, because I, I think I've seen it still get resisted on Vinapata. Yeah, it can I resist. I, I haven't been the bard in that situation usually. I'm like the second worst bard in my LS. I only have like, I, I don't have the Karn and I only have like plus two gear. So usually I'm not called on for that sort of thing. It's just kind of what I notice bards doing. Yeah, so it's definitely uh, better than the old 10 minute casting for the elemental seal back then but yeah i definitely recommend white mage sub you don't need the fast cast to max out at 80 percent. you don't need the convert yeah i agree um i i almost exclusively go sub white mage to things uh, if i am on bard and that's you know most of the uh utility you get from or the utility you get from sub white mage is usually a lot better than what you would get from a lot of the other sub jobs Maybe sub scholar in some very niche situation like a, a ambuscade or something for dark base dispel. Possibly, uh, I mean, you can get dark base dispel out of uh, dispelga now. I mean, it is a hefty MP cost, especially for a bard. But I wouldn't necessarily say that you'd have to go sub uh, sub scholar for that. And you're also trading off cure four though, because sub scholar does not provide cure four, and that's that's kind of a a big deal sometimes. I guess. I was thinking you can keep the Nas and get more magic accuracy, but... Yeah, I could see like some ambuscades where you could use the spell. You know, just situational, like I like you mentioned before. Final Fantasy XI, where shit's situational. <laughs> yeah. But it's good to have just have a mage sub. I mean, you use it for other jobs anyway. You know it's never situational? A puppet master tanking could have done a tank. <laughs> Here we're supposed to try to avoid tangents. Yeah, for merits now, I think we're good for. Yeah, I was going to say, is yeah. there anything else you want to touch on, Funk? Because outside of merits and stuff, we've gotten most, I think, of what we set out to. So what else do you still have rattling back in the side of your head there? I have a lot. Oh, I'm scared. What else is a lot? <laughs> so for merits, I recommend, I mean, the merits aren't what they used to be as far as effectiveness. Sure, they're still there. and they're pretty I mean, wimpy. Pretty- wimpy i wish they'd improve it based based on what we have these we're, days. we're talking five accuracy if you can't what madrigal yeah so the best options you have are minuet five out of five which is one attack per minuet min, uh, five out of five min or five out of five madrigal and what then, i recommend everyone do is five out of five minuet but if you have if you're in the game link shell you should definitely split the min and the madrigal with another bard when you take madrigal when you take min if you have min, you should have the Muse Sarah wheels to maximize the effect. Because we do use min occasionally for different fights. I don't know, Funk. If you're coordinating merits another link shell bard and it's for five accuracy or five attack, you've really taken it to another level with the... You don't need it. Well, no, no, you don't you don't need it. But it's look, just look at your options though. I mean the, the category one for bard is kind of anemic. 
some people say lullaby finale, right? But if you have your marches on you, which you probably always have one, you pretty much will bottom out anyway. So it's stupid to have the five out of five lullaby and finale if you can basically have march times two on Yola time. You you won't have any effect from it. So it's it's better off going and throwing those merits in either minion or magical. Yeah, I can. I, I actually agree there. Um, not just because I have it set up that way. Also, I, I'm a five out of five min and five out of five mad because I didn't communicate with my other bards. <laughs> I should probably change to uh, to actual min, like mini min, um, but whatever. Um, but yeah, I, I think SD could do a better job of overhauling Cat One for Bard. Bards do for it. The it other jobs got it. Too much. Well, doing it better, I suppose. Well, if you have two mad uh, two minuets and you have five out of five, five minuets, a ten extra attack. So if you have two madrigals, it's two extra or ten extra attack accuracy. Hey, you know, if you change your mood trait airing from four accuracy to four attack, that's four more attack. <laughs> yes, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's all about min maxing, right? You're 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 correct, and I mean, it's not hard to merit. You might as well merit things that are somewhat effective. And if you're and and I agree with your your timer logic is is what it is. Is if if you're supported well enough and you're honestly the person dishing out haste most of the time, uh, your recasts on those things should, shouldn't should warrant you needing anything crazy put into them. Too bad there's no Threnody merits. You could do, what, five more damage a tick on Threnody. I would actually love Threnody and Carol to be on there because I, Carols are underused and, under, and, and misunderstood most of the time. Like I see people using Carol 2 instead of Carol 1 to resist things. Honestly, uh, Carol needs more attention. She's a saucy, saucy girl who lives to protect you. Her dog is barking. Got group two to go over, though. Right. Jeez, Mister so, Regimented. Nah, I got to get him in this. You know, yeah, he, he's Our keeping us focused. Fuck you! You got about five minutes to wrap this up. We got, we got things to do, man. Oh God. Anyways, group two. You want to do five out of five Nightingale, five out of five Troubadour. That being said, it was. Before the change of Bard, you used to have the uh, Dirge and Cerventi options as well. But thank God they changed that because those are really useful at alone. But the Con Anima and Con Brio, which is the uh, physical and magical damage taken, you don't need to have those to max it out. So don't even worry about those. Just do a 5 out of 5 Nightingale, 5 out of 5 Troubadour. It's also incredibly useful for swapping Bard, bard changes. You'll have instant cast songs and unerring song accuracy. So just hands down, just go ahead and do it. That was an awesome part of the update that SE did, though, was uh, making Dirge and Cervente uh, with, possible without having to put merits in them. Dirge and Cervente need more attention from the community as important parts of strategies for certain things. Master Trials, perhaps, but definitely Wave 3 bosses. Yeah, it would save lives in Wave 3. And, and um, Ambuscade, even, because if you're capping, or whatever content you're fighting, if you're capping attack, you have a song slot. Yeah, Tr- Troubadour also works on offensive spells. Some people don't realize that. So your uh, Requiem, your Elegy, your Threnody lasts longer when you have it up. Yeah, you could have Threnody for, what, 20 minutes, and maybe it might do 1,000 damage. That's Requiem. Sorry. That's oh, I did that last time, too, didn't <laughs> I? Last time, you too. Did. I you did. Threnody is the resistance down. Oh, man. You know, two weeks, uh, three weeks, not been kind to my brain. One one fight in particular that Threnody is really nice on is uh, the Odin fight, especially if you're doing like an end spell method with a uh, red mage, because you're not only uh, boosting the uh, the damage technically by by providing less resist to the end dagger effects, 
Um, you're making it a lot easier if you switch to Winthrendy real quick to do the immuno break or two required to resilence him if you can't kill him, you know, in a single silence spam. So, but like Threnody, I find a lot of bards not really using that often. Like I'll see him use uh, Elegy and then stand there. Um, but you definitely want to make sure you put on another song. I, I know that uh, Funk likes. Uh, I, I think Funk, you you, you put you, you talked about sonic damage before uh, with the Requiem with the Requiems. Yeah, yeah, spicy threw me off. So Requiem, uh, so for Requiem seven, it's the only tier seven spell in the game right now for us to use. But besides that, with the job points, you it exponentially increases the damage over time. So with 20, uh, 20 job points plus the maximum Requiem you can get plus Soul Voice, you can get at least eighty eight HP attack. It's pretty substantial as far as the DOT goes. If you do have to stick on something, you know. That. Yeah, it, it doesn't sound like a lot in a vacuum, um, but I, I did a lot of testing with Poison 2 uh, on Red Mage and like stacking uh, in and stuff uh, with a buddy. And uh, with the amount of duration that you can have on there, especially if, if it's like a Nitro uh, Requiem, like I can see that doing a lot of damage over the course of the fight. But you know what else is good? It's good for Ballista. Oh, but Funk, you're <laughs> forgetting the magnanimous meta strat of all time Indie Poison with uh, Requiem. Oh, stack those things. There you go. But uh, yeah, Threnody definitely should not be underestimated, especially Threnody 2. Like, yeah, like right, it. we're doing tonight, if we're doing Zerd, it's awesome for landing stuns. But what's underestimated and what the people don't realize as well is Threnodies are the opposite element. So Dark Threnody is actually light based. So it could mess you up because some mobs, you know, can't cast light based spell on a light based mob. And I know with a lot of the newer content, like Lilith, she, like she has like weird resistances to light where you wouldn't expect them to be. But like susceptible to dark. I think the spell is one of those things, like where it's harder to land the bard to spell, but you can land the the dark based spell for whatever reason. Yeah, some are very strange. Because if you pull up our Lilith page on BG, you'll see that uh, she has a twenty percent tier to light, so you're not going to really land finale much on her. But she happens to have a lower resistance because mobs who absorb an element say it's a mob absorbing darkness or light and whatever it is, they are less resistant to that element because they have to absorb the damage from it as their, you know, quirk. So SE makes them always, as far as I know, I mean, it's I can't make that blanket statement and be confident, but as far as I know, always, if a mob absorbs something, they have a lower resistance to it than other stuff that they resist stuff. Yeah. Yeah, so like for LG, as far as it goes these days, mobs usually have what their TP moves for their actual moves. Is that what they did for Adeline area? Are you talking like the Iron Giants having TP moves as their normal moves? or? Yeah, so when you use LG these days, like back in the 75 cap era, it was amazing. You needed the LG on Fafner or else your tank would just eat dirt. Um, and the LG as well on the worms. Charybdis. That's why it's so important to keep it on. But these days, you can barely even notice the difference with most mobs with LG. But still, might as well just throw it out there, you know? Like the Cataray, you don't notice really the difference with LG on or LG not on. You do if you approach it with a strategy that limits TPP. Uh, not every mob has regain, and not every mob has intense amounts of regain either, Like if, even if it does. So if you're limiting TP feed, um, LG tends to stand out more and more. But if you have like a super Zerg situation where you have a lot of high delay weapons attacking very quickly, um, you you end up feeding a lot of TP to the mob. So it can seem like you know you're you're having issues and slow doesn't slow doesn't really do what it needs to do for you. Those boops there are me saying let's wrap this up because we're about an hour and a half here and I never want to really run over that. So any final 
things you really need to touch on with Bard Funk before we throw out our ending here? Um, there's a couple more offensive songs Bard has. I mean, you got the Nocturne, but Adol usually overwrites it anyway. It's more powerful. Some some cases you might have to use it, so you just might as well cast it. You know, can't hurt. You just don't want to forget about that Verily, that charm. Uh, yes. Also, wipe shadows too. It is wipe shadows. It's very good for that. Yes. So, like, what was it? Um, that like the mob and um, Rising Gema that uh, the um spams. I know. I, I think... what's the one that spams? Is semi? Oh, you're talking about oh, the Tomber? Uh, mob wristed Gomberry or whatever. I want. I wonder if, I wonder if it's useful for that. I don't really know. Well, you know, it's also useful. It's just AOE nuking on blue to get rid of all the shadows and procium. Yeah. 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 Just about every AOE takes care of that guy in particular. But I mean, sometimes you'll run into like a ninja mob, and and you don't wanna you don't wanna deal with the shadows it puts up, and so you'll just spam that Verily and get rid of it. It can definitely help. I know uh, Rathair is, is one of the mobs. It's not really a big deal or anything. It's a it's a Eshazata helm. But anyone who can spam like Diaga or or be able to uh, try to tag it with Verily to wipe the shadows that are on it definitely helps people keep hate because then you're not missing. It's just funny though that the Verily spell is used for something that's not intended for. Yeah. That's an, <laughs> an homage to the history of Bard there and the enmity of Mazurka. Yeah, for sure. Like, I remember charming a worm when we were doing Cacto Rapido. But, but of course, worms can't move. But I'd say this time, Funk, we did a probably the best job we've done of touching on a guide, a, a job and guiding through and everything. Everything else has been, you know, very loose-based conversation with some important tidbits and information about it. But I think this time you succeeded in actually going soup to nuts here on Bard. We still, ha- I wanted to cover all the songs, but I can always be, that's, that's like, I mean, yeah. all the song potencies on BG, just search for song potency. You can find all the potency per spell, per level, per tier, that is. Like, if you want to know what Soul Voice does for a song, just look at, like, the Wekrium page or the Minuet page or what Makaro does, too. It's on there as well. There's just a lot that goes into this job. And honestly, I could, I could talk to Funk about, like, the mechanics of a job for hours and hours. And obviously, we you can't necessarily do that for the for the podcast. Yeah, yeah. You are our grease monkey. That is where you live. <laughs> yeah, like, I really wish we could touch on um, Cerventi and Dirge, but I suppose we can go we, into we those. We touched on them. I mean, we did touch we did on them. We did a bit. I think I, enough I will try to make a note. I'll, I'll try to make a note to, to bring that up on, on future things, too, because I know at some point yeah. I want to talk about meta and, you know, what, what people should be doing or shouldn't be doing in regards to what a meta really is. So uh, I think that could be revisited at that point. Yeah, there are vital instruments now that we can throw into the meta. We can make things that work differently than they did before. At any rate, so this was good. And now this is our first big time episode because we're actually, no, now we have a YouTube channel. Wow. So what I'm getting at with that is anyone who wants to submit any comments or corrections that we've made mistakes on or something that they want a topic for a future episode, you can either comment on the the podcast video or send us an email now at wtfinvanadeal at gmail.com. Don't make me regret sharing that. Or <laughs> going to wake up and there's going to be horse porn or something in there. Please don't. I mean, it's funny, but anyway... Uh, send us whatever. We'll give you a shout out, corrections, uh, topics, and you know, thank you for everyone who's watching. It's fun. We have a fun time doing this, and we have our first international viewers now. So I see we have one person from Belgium. Wow, look at that! One person eating French fries. That's great. It's so I, good. Uh, thanks uh, for everyone who does decide to listen to this. I I I, I want to 
keep trying to bring that message of of how to play the game better you know so i think that we can try to get that across and what we try to cover is topics yeah i think that you guys can go pretty far with this it's pretty interesting i listened to episode five just to uh with rua yeah even even when it's not you know uh mechanics related or anything that that i'm obviously going to be much better at talking about um there's just still fascinating stuff about this game that that may appeal to people so if you haven't listened to episode five definitely check that out because uh, Rua uh, knows Rumoko knows a lot about the lore of the game and he's put together a lot of cool stuff. So uh, we aren't always just going to be about, Hey, here's a job guide. Yeah, that's true. I think the Rua was a great step in expanding out. So topics are always good. I think we might also be reaching out about as, as getting off of jobs here. Cause we'll do that every now and then we have to do beast. Apparently there's a lot of interest about that, but uh, uh, the HD not, augments the hd skins and modifications for the game are a big topic that we can touch on too i think in the near future yeah we'll see maybe if anyone wants to get onto that one uh, um they can try to sell me on it because i haven't quite you know said hey i need that in my life neither but, I. Uh, if, if, it's, if it's cool enough though yeah why not and i'm kidding about belgium and being sarcastic belgium's a great place sorry for the french fries <laughs> yeah everything we touched on today is all in my job guide hopefully Betsy can put it in the description of the videos or the podcasts yeah thanks for putting that together Fung yeah thank you Fung for coming on again it was good yeah it was fun I'm glad we could re-record this hopefully we don't have to do it again we better not <laughs> the three Pete the three yeah no Brady here anyway yeah. this is WTF and Vonadil with Funk and the Fox Danger signing off later guys